We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Jeffsky takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it in on the foul. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the uncontested post-game show. I'm your host for tonight, Justin, as the Thunder beat the only team they apparently know how to beat this season, the Los Angeles Lakers, 107-104. to Before we dive into that, I want to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of SI Thunder. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Everybody is so fired up tonight that this post-game podcast has almost the entire crew. I am joined by Jacob and Taylor and Kamiar. Hey. How's it going, fellas? How are we doing? LA fakers, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Trade Shay. And Kamiar's here. And Kamiar's here. That's how you know it's a week, big deal. Baby. OU's on a bye week. Oh, Kam- I think Kamiar's muted. Good. We can't hear him. Kamiar's muted. He's shaking off. He's the a rust. little rusty. As, okay. as you might notice, <laughs> I've been I've been missing for quite a while. Some some professors at universities might call them sabbaticals, where they mm. don't teach college; they're just researching. So, I've been Jacob. Everybody everybody knows I've been working on my PhD. PhD been super super busy, nice but flex. this is the first time I'm able to be on a po- on a on a podcast. And I was like, "What better night than tonight?" Where what Shay better night? Uh, by according to Xander Flame, mother f the mother effers tonight, which was a fantastic. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Love that myself. Another way to put it is uh, when Shay pulled up from the L in the oh Lakers logo. Oh my god! Handed the Lakers that was the L. dirty. My man was on another level tonight. If you H and L, buddy, H and L, whole nother level. If you did not get to watch this game, if you're listening to this on Friday morning, <laughs> and you didn't watch this game, do yourself a favor and go find highlights because Shay was as animated, as passionate, as like fired oh up my as gosh, I think I've fired ever up. seen him. 
You know, I think he, I think he really wants to be traded away from such an organization, OKC, where he just like hates his teammates, not and, engaged, like yeah, not engaged at all <laughs> in the process. Absolutely, um, Taylor. How how did Shay make you feel tonight? I just honestly, uh, and please excuse everybody on the live stream. Please excuse my allergy eye. Um, thought that we were past allergy season. Didn't take my allergy meds, and here we are, uh, swollen eyeballs. But Taylor's just high. Don't let you. I'm just, let, let him I've just you. been smoking the good. Uh, yeah, that's right. Watching Shay will do that. Watching Shay. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> watching Shay will do that to you. I want to know what he was, what he was screaming. Walking back because as soon as he hit that logo three, yep. Lakers called timeout. Yep, and he's talking shit, and I love. And like honestly, that's what I kind of missed about not having fans in the arena because we would have been yes. able to hear that, right? You know, what exactly what he was saying, especially if it was that and loud. It was, and be there were so many it. like mics on the court. Now there's not as many mics on the court because there's so many fans in the stands. That's, oh, that, yeah. that's I was trying that's to lip read. He was saying something like, I'm that guy or something along yes, those lines. Yes, he is. And <laughs> I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but Ty is his dude. Oh, like, yeah. They are very close. close. On and off the floor. Nate Sanders in the chat says, saying, I'm him. I'm him. Yeah. I'm that dude. Okay. That's that's it. Awesome. He, he is indeed him. Shea Gilgis Alexander tonight, aside from hitting a three from the Ellen Lakers, aside from hitting multiple sidestep step back threes that have become patented, aside from taking three Lakers defenders to the rim over and over, beating double teams and leading the Thunder to a win in Staples, he had 28 points overall. 9 of 17 from the floor, 4 of 7 from behind the arc, 6 of 6 from the free throw line, 6 assists, 3 rebounds, and 1 steal. 1 steal and 1 block for good measure. Dirty to me. A nasty step, side step, 3, smooth stroke, and 1 from the L from from mid-court. Dude, my my gosh. Like, literally, we're going to have to call a doctor in 4 hours. (laughs) <laughs> but the move where he like crossed over in the lane, went up yes. and like out with the left around AD. Fellas, we got a new Shea Gilgis Alexander theme song ready. Oh, do we? That's too much, son. Protect the leak, the plain one. That's too much, son. Herman yes. and his That's too much, son. Too much sauce by my guy. It just makes me so happy that it happened against the Lakers too, because of what we alluded again, to earlier. Right? Again, of like too. all the national media narrative nonsense that we've had to endure in this very short season so far. It's just such a delight to like get to see the entirety of NBA Twitter, all the national writers just like falling in love with Shea. Now, mm-hmm. I'm sure that'll turn into like disdain and rage for like uh free Shay and all that crap, but like yeah, for yep. tonight it was delightful. Yeah, and and Justin, I think that narrative's already starting. We were talking pre-pod here that I mean there's people saying, you know, oh, Sam Presti must be throwing shit all over his office right now cuz they're about right. to win or oh, Shay's too good, time to trade him for picks. I'm like <laughs> just the takes are so damn lazy, hey, dude. Yes. is a bust and the the uh, Cavaliers are a Joker franchise and should be forced to trade away the talent of Evan Mobley. <laughs> Am I doing this right? The, the, yes. The narrative yes, is are. just so effing lame. But let's not talk about the narrative because I don't <laughs> want to get not this talk about tonight. The is a night talk about the of game. celebration. Yes, tonight once again, 
the Thunder faced a sizable deficit to the Lakers, much like last week where they overcame a 26-point deficit. The Thunder were down 19 in the second quarter in this one. They are able to cut it to four right before halftime, and it was pretty close from there on out. But as it came down to the final minutes, blow for blow, the Thunder, I think they didn't get their first lead in the game until fairly late in the fourth quarter. Is that correct? Sounds right. Yep. Uh, I think it was they, like Kenny Hustle made bucket. Yes. Put him ahead. It was the Shea dime on the baseline that led to a, a Kenrich Williams dunk, actually. Yes. Kenrich Williams, by the way, um, <laughs> really nice minutes from Kenny Hustle tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, 30 of them. 30, Which is awesome. 30 minutes. Shea had Kenny nearly Hustle. 40 minutes tonight. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Shea played 39. Lou Dort, 35. Giddy, 32. Yeah. Wow. Really interesting. Hey, so my if, if, if like, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, speak, if we want to speak on minutes real quick, can we talk about uh, Teo Maladon, four minutes tonight yes. now versus Ty Jerome, 21 minutes and a team best plus 18? I just wanted to throw that out there. Tay, Tayo, <laughs> I was going to say Tayo. Tayo did not play the entire second half tonight, which I hey, thought Tayo would be a pretty good, yeah. pretty good player. If you could take Tayo and Ty and put them together. Yeah. Sorry, oh, what were you going to say? Come no. here. But no, I think, man, I think people get this idea of a tank in mind where you have to have such a bad team, like particularly with just bad players. When you see a talent like Shea, who on a tanking team would probably not get like that, that much, that many minutes. The man nearly played 40 minutes against, against the Lakers who are likely to be a playoff contender. They should I mean, they should be in the top fourth of the league if they actually had shooters, but yep. you know, they weren't even playing with, Le- with Le- LeBron, but like, okay. See a team like, isn't tanking as bad as like the national analysts that that want you to think because why else would they play Shea 39 minutes yes. in a game if you were tanking he'd play 30 if like of course giddy's gonna get 32 because he's turned out to be one of the better players on this team at like 19 years old so probably like, the this... second <laughs> but to like, your point Kamiar, i was going to bring that up as well like i i think you know uh i think back to the first win against the lakers where what was it 29 points or whatever 39 yeah it was 29 points so they had to come back against um tonight like justin mentioned not quite as much but still a pretty significant comeback um but the reason the thunder the thunder didn't get off to like a slow start like they did that first game against the lakers it was a pretty close first quarter mm-hmm. it really went downhill in the second quarter when we when? saw lineups that data was throwing out there like teo poku kenrich um JRE, who who played some really good spot minutes there, but it was just like a hodgepodge. Oh, Baisley was getting some minutes there still. Yep. It just it went down here downhill very quickly. Um, I was it frustrated. Was when Shea and Giddy out. were off the floor. Yes, when, yeah. I was going to mention like when neither Shea or Giddy was out there, the offense just came to a screeching halt. So like when Shea and Giddy were off, it was shitty. But yes, no. I tweeted that out. That like you know I I was kind of. I mean, I, I get if you're wanting to lose, but Daynault stating that he's not necessarily trying to lose, right? I was confused at why he's not staggering Shea and Giddy. So to Jacob's point, seeing Tay only get four minutes total, not seeing the floor in the second half, Baisley, um, almost, I mean, he still did some pretty bad things there in the fourth when he got back in, <laughs> but did not get nearly <laughs> as many, many minutes. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's talk about Baisley for a moment. So Baisley okay. is just 
I mean, it's the epitome of inconsistency. Yep. It's not that he can't play basketball. It's not yep. that he has no redeeming qualities. It's that he cannot seem to put together a consistent output. And whether that's game to game or like we saw tonight and have seen in some recent games, it's throughout possession the same game. <laughs> he can yeah. start. He's had some nice first quarters. The broadcast even called it out tonight. Tonight, The last few games, he's played really nice first quarters. The problem is that's just the first quarter. And tonight, the fourth quarter, he made some abysmal decisions down the stretch. The it's- the one that stuck out to me the most, Justin, was he got like, he was just spotted up. He got a catch and shoot three. And he airballed that thing by like two feet. And it's just yeah. like, yes. It, it's so strange that he starts off so aggressive and, and actually like fairly efficient at the beginning of games. And then it just spirals hard. And I mentioned this a lot on the, the Clippers post game, but it's, it ain't good. It ain't good. This is how I view Baisley. I view him as a guy that is an, a great athletic specimen. Like me, and maybe this is how his career career has gone. His career tra- tra- trajectory. Yeah. I can't say that word. <laughs> like he is this super, <laughs> He's this super hyper athletic guy, runs really well for a guy his size, can have some handle, and really has never had to have a jump shot, I feel like, for like his entire like basketball career. And suddenly he gets to the NBA and you have to learn how to shoot. And I feel like a lot of like his I feel like any shot that he's actively shooting unless it's just like a wide and open in rhythm three, which doesn't happen to Baisley quite often. I feel like all of his shots are forced and some of them go in and it just feels not natural. Like you yep. look at Shay, you look at Josh Giddy, you can even look, you can even look at Lou Dort, like Lou, Lou Dort forces a lot, but like you can even see sometimes when it's very natural, it's very like They yep. play in very natural ways, just like Ty Jerome does as well. Whereas, Basically, every shot he puts up, even that three he canned near the four at the end of the fourth quarter, just felt so forced and weird. And it, it's just not. I, I I don't just. I think he feels uncomfortable on the court. Yeah, and that and shows. Ben Ben has a great comment here. Bays is streaky like my kids' undies, but there is no spray and wash that can help him. <laughs> but Kamiar, you bring That's up a really cold. good point that I've been thinking as well, just watching Bays throughout this early part of the seasons. He does have, like you said, he has those flashes. Um, but he reminds me in a way of the old Presty kind of player, like the same concerns we had about Terry or, or frustrations we had of Ferguson that we had of honestly, even homie, right? Like these, these guys who are super athletic, uh, they show flashes. I think the difference with Baisley is he does show that he's more well-rounded than all those players and can fit in this kind of play that the Thunder want to play, but the basketball IQ just does not seem to be there to say the least. Yeah. Well, and with Bays, not just the shot, which is very inconsistent, but I mean, every time he puts the ball in the deck and goes to the rim, as soon as he he puts both hands on the ball to start his two dribbles, you could freeze frame, record scratch. So I sh- I'm bet you're wondering how I ended up here because he has no clue what yep. the hell he's gonna do. It, it was you when know? I I tweeted out the gif of a uh, Bambi on ice. Yeah, that's what Basley is. Got to Again, it's, it's and I'm so tired of that lazy the lazy disclaimer of. I mean, it, it's starting to become lazy lazy at this point. It really is of 
well, he's only 20, you know, it, it, he, he's so young. The first two seasons were so weird. Like this is the first two seasons were a year for all, weird for all 60 people in that draft class. And the rest of the draft class is looking pretty. I mean, there's there's some solid players. Yeah. Okay, it's interesting. It just, the, it just the, looks for, it just looks forced, and like mm-hmm. he's doing exactly what the coaches are telling him to do, and it just True. feels so yeah. uh, such like an unnatural game. He felt he, he yeah, forced is I think the best way to put it. Let's let's stop bitching about Darius Baisley and get on to funner <laughs> stuff. Specifically, um, our own Nick Crane uh, from the media call tonight. Uh, Mark Dagnall on SGA's logo three quote: "I didn't see it. Next thing I knew, the ball was in the air." I'd say poor <laughs> clock management. We'll run laps for that. <laughs> well done. I love, that. I love it. Well done. That's awesome. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It was interesting down the stretch. Baisley was in. The game got tight again with about two minutes left. Baisley went to the bench in favor of Giddy, which I think was the correct decision. So let's talk about Giddy's night. 32 minutes, like we mentioned, only two of nine shooting, O of two from behind the arc, one of two from the line, but a really nice game from Josh Giddy, shooting numbers aside, eight assists, eight boards, three steals, one block, four turnovers. He had some moments. It looked like the Lakers were kind of keying on him at the beginning of the game, poking the ball out as he kind of went across the key, um, you know, maybe playing on some things from the scouting report, but he, he settled in. And once again, the confidence in this kid is unbelievable. He yes. had a, 
he had a moment, uh, much like he went at Paul George against the Clippers. He went at Anthony Davis. Now, this time he got swatted. He learned. He went at Anthony Davis. <laughs> An 18-year-old rookie went at Anthony Davis, and like it didn't look ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the have confidence you, have is you outstanding. Have seen some of the scary, weird animals that live in the Australian outback? Like, <laughs> if he's not worried about My any of that stuff, he can kangaroos off the dribble. Yeah. This, this, if he's not worried about any of those like deathly massive spiders in yes. Australia, yeah. I doubt he'd be afraid of unibrow. I mean, yeah. like, the dude, the dude just has his game is natural. He's incredibly talented, especially with his passes, like off the dribble, behind the back. You name, like, like you just see it with the inbounds play. Absurd. Like, oh my gosh. Absurd. Like, it, it's just like, it's so, and he's good defensively, positionally. And, he, and the yep. thing that I love the, the, the most is that he's defensively aware and not only knows his place on defense, but is actively aware of where at least three other teammates are. And yep. he always gets his length into the lanes. And that's really big for this team. Not just being like self-aware, but being cognizant of your four other teammates. And I think him and Shea both have that really, really down and do really, really well at such young ages. His hands defensively have really, really impressed me. Some of the steals tonight on like a rust drive or mm -hmm. an AD drive. Like that's just not stuff you see from a 19 year old rookie playing in exactly. their ninth NBA game. Like, he's maybe not strong enough to defend a lot of guys yet the foot speed maybe isn't quite there but come here i think you hit the the nail completely on you he's so cerebral and then especially offensively it's not just that he knows where his five or his four teammates are he knows where the five defenders are and he knows where the rim is at like he just he has everything kind of mapped out it's the game already seems slow for him and as time goes yes. on it's just going to slow down even more and i think that inbounds pass is the, the perfect a, example of that. The man, I mean, literally just a the game is so fast. He threw a yeah. fastball, one-handed fastball mm -hmm. through like three. I mean, like Jokic kind of stuff, right? It was Where absurd. he throws a one-handed pass through three defenders to the hey. open player. I love it, you guys. It, I always think about um because we don't kind of always get this kind of insight with players. Um, here two seasons ago when Shea mentioned the impact that Chris Paul had on him, and something that specifically that Chris had taught Shea was, you know being be not, not just looking um at the play currently developing but looking at the play like it, trying to anticipate the play happening in the future uh looking at the next play looking at the next two plays that was specifically on the defensive end when she was talking about that but when you guys were mentioning you know giddy and his ability to see the floor also his positioning on the on the defensive end while he does still obviously have his defensive flaws he is a giddy is, is a player who's able to see the game a play two plays ahead mm -hmm. and that's something that can't be taught um that's something that's really special and so as he continues to gain that size gain that confidence i mean again we've seen this past couple games where he does struggle early on trying to score the ball for example um or get to the rim and then the second half he comes out and he's just he basically it, it reminds me of chris paul like we talked about two seasons ago right where he was he you know three he quarters he would he would analyze the game in his head and then he would pick his spots in the fourth quarter. It's a little different from for Giddy, but in the second half, he's able to come out, be more aggressive, great for others. He's able to analyze, you know, 
the uh, he, he's able to pick apart the defense what they were able to do to him in the first half and and use that to the thunder's advantage and it's just super yeah. impressive as a rookie i have two two other things that i noticed about giddy tonight that i'm interested if you guys kind of notice this and what you think of it first off we mentioned the poor shooting everything felt short tonight mm-hmm. and i don't know if that's just rookie legs catching up to him or what but everything felt sh- felt fell short the other thing have you guys noticed that they love to run this set where somebody else brings the ball up the court and Giddy parks in the right corner. Yes. And then a big sets a down screen for him to come and get a dribble handoff on the move and then curl and then make decisions off that. That's like one of their staples. It's what they ran uh, that horn set at the end of the, yes. the first Lakers game and not to, got them the win. And then they, they run you. it like four or five times a game now. Not to interrupt you, but I can't remember if it was Kamiar or which one of you that mentioned this, but um, you know, he, especially in that first half, he does have a tendency to kind of dribble straight up <laughs> and that leads to him getting the ball stripped occasionally when you're running him off those kind of plays like it, that kind of counters um, his, I don't know what you would call that, but his, his tendency to, to, right. Yeah. His uprightness. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So that's, that's a good point, Jacob. Um, <laughs> his his erectness. <laughs> Uncontested after dark. <laughs> Aside from the the studs, um, the obvious players tonight, I thought some really solid short burst contributions from guys like Mike Muscala and JRE. Mm-hmm. Mike Muscala came in and had a couple big buckets. Uh, if you could have seen the uncontested slack and the um, agony from certain members when Mike Muscala was checking in, and then he like immediately got two clutch buckets. Um, same thing with JRE. In the, in the first quarter, Baisley, God bless him, was getting cooked by Anthony Davis. I'm not sure who wouldn't on the Thunder's roster in that situation, but Fair. JRE came in and like immediately forced a turnover and then had an Anthony Davis air ball. So like, he only played 10 minutes. Muscala only played seven but really kind of net positive results from them when they played. And Shea mentioned it in his post game on the court of it takes guys one through 14 to win. Everybody has to contribute. It doesn't matter how much you're playing. It doesn't matter what your role is. That's what coach always preaches. And I think we saw that philosophy coming out tonight from getting solid contributions from everybody that kind of understands their role and you know, the Thunder team is going to lose a lot there. Let's not get this like out of sorts. They're two and six um, trade for cat. But what you're seeing is you're seeing the development of this youth uh, within the Thunder team. And I think hearing things like that and seeing those kind of smaller contributions from guys helps me feel reassured that like Dagnall is instilling some of these values with these young guys that, yeah, they may not be winning, but they're approaching things the right way. And so I think it's got to feel good as much as, you know, you can debate, well, what would it have been better off to lose tonight? You can wring your hands over the loss of a ping pong ball. But like, I think it's pretty validating uh, for these young guys to kind of have some of that hard work pay off, especially in a place like Staples Center. I thought you mentioned JRE there and I, I, I tweeted it tonight, but he is just the ultimate floor raiser. He's not going to raise your ceiling too awful much, but I keep saying it because I think it's very true. I just see so much Nick Collison style on court basketball with that man. Someone tweeted the other night, uh, giddy JRE is Harden Collison 2.0. 
man. Oh, I like <laughs> there, that. There's a little they bit of have great chemistry. There's a little bit of that two man game there. I, I thought he, he just battles, man. He's in the right position. He does everything right. He's, he's not super sexy. He's not going to drop a, a 20 point game. Um, he just does everything the way you want him to do it. That's good stuff. Good, good stuff. Um, can we talk about Ty Jerome? Who Let's again was, that, was a Jerome. team high plus 18 and had 14 points? Ty was he did big have there. A, he did have 14 points tonight. Four of 10 shooting, three of eight from behind the arc. He had some really nice stretches, and he had some really not nice stretches yes. tonight. Um, and Jacob, I feel like as our resident um, Ty Jerome stan, I feel like we should get your thoughts on this. Yeah, he he came in and coach said after the game that they wanted to try to get some spacing out there. So they ran tie and the end of that first half, that man cooked. He had like eight points in like two minutes at the end of the half, two threes and a layup tie over. And and then at in the in the fourth quarter specifically, uh, he was missing open looks. He missed two free throws, I think, down the stretch. Um, just the shot just abandoned him. Uh, the Lord has forsaken us. Uh, forgive us father for we have sinned no no but, the, the thunder shoot 18 what? of 26 from the free throw line tonight as a and whole still beat the los angeles lakers and still beat the los angeles lakers not not a great performance from the free throw line um by most thunder players save mm-hmm. lou dort six of six and shea gilgis alexander six of six everybody else uh missed missed a couple at least i i I don't know. I don't know how you explain it, but uh, it's not great. Bob dot Jeff. Yeah. Hey, I'm I, three point I'm, shooting from contributing, you know, non, non Shea, honestly, just non Shea players. Um, the Thunder could have easily breaks. won that game by double digits mm-hmm. if they did. It. And I'm not asking for that when I say that, right? I'm not saying we should go and trade for shooters and, and a true big, but like, you know, in, in a world where the Thunder are not tanking, um, if they have players who are knocking down some of those shots and are able to able to knock down some of those free throws, I mean, the Thunder win this game by double digits, right? Well, Lou Dort, three of 11 from behind the arc, certainly jumps off the stat sheet. Um, <laughs> Which is so like weird because he, he had such loud three-pointers, the ones that he did make. Yeah, um, right. And same for Ty Jerome, too, mm-hmm. right? Like, he didn't shoot very well from three, but that second quarter burst, I mean, that that is essentially what kept the thunder in the game to be able to win it in the, in the second half. Um, there were a couple players like that who just had some huge threes while not shooting well overall from the four. Carmayar, I'm curious your take. Um, what did you think about the way that Mark Daynault kind of approached some of the rotations? We've talked a little bit about minutes here and there. Um, I, I think it continues to be, I don't know if, uh, um frustration is the right word but it definitely gets it gets talked about on thunder twitter throughout each game of seeing how Dagnall is approaching lineups there were some really bad lineups tonight and there were some really interesting lineups especially as we we got to the close of the game i'm curious what what your thoughts are about that I mean, he said it the other day, though, didn't he that he they don't have rotations they don't have lineups he basically just puts in guys and different guys in different situations and sees what it looks like, you know, like, I mean, you see all those scenarios in practice, but then he, when you go to a live game against a team that you haven't seen in a minute or 
a team that you're going to see three times a year instead of every day in practice. It's just, it's, it's interesting. You know, like you have, you give 21 minutes tie and then four minutes to Teo. Whereas those numbers were reversed the other day, or you might mm-hmm. even see tied as, as a DNP. And so you can, you can, and, and Ken Williams, who's a veteran in the NBA, like by his own age, I mean, he's played in more places than OKC. He was a, of course, spent all his years at TCU. So he's an older player in general. I mean, th- Kenrich Williams gets 30 minutes in in comparison to where, you know, somebody like Jeremiah Robinson Earl or Pokashevsky were getting far more minutes than him, like just like three games ago. And so with Dignall, I, I, I really don't know like what the guy's doing with his lineups. And I think he's expressed that, that there really is no rotation. They're just looking for growth and looks, I suppose. I, I really don't understand them but hey man he's got a process i guess yeah one lineup tonight that just kind of baffled me like i understand looking for growth and putting guys in different positions but one time that i was just like i don't know what you're getting out of this there was a lineup i think it was teo dort williams jre and exactly favors. that was one of those just like, lineups what, I mentioned. what the hell is this lineup like <laughs> nobody can yeah. really dribble or nobody like, can really set, shoot set up an offense <laughs> there's no floor space i was like just yeah. what 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 do you learn from that lineup and and that lineup stayed out there for it felt like for forever because every time i saw them do something i just was like god this is pain it was a rough lineup but yeah i i think it's a lot of mixing and matching like kamiar said just just to give guys opportunities in different positions and see what they can do. Yep. Do you think exactly. they want? Do you think they want Lou to be an actual ball handler, kind of like Marcus Smart? Do you think that's the reason behind that? It's definitely a possibility. I think. Yep. Have you noticed that Lou kind of initiates offense sometimes, as far as like bringing the I ball up the court that. and like even when playing your shade coming off of screens and whatnot? Or yep. even like I noticed it a couple times where uh, Giddy was in right and like. Let's be completely honest. Without Shan on the floor, you would want Giddy to be the primary ball handler in that situation. But Dort's taking the ball off the floor. He's 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 in, he's literally aggressively coming up and getting the inbound pass and, and initiating the offense. So I, I did find that interesting as well. To your all's points, um, I brought up a lot of the same concerns, right? Not like that second quarter when Dignall was playing a lot of those weird lineups. But tonight, again, you know, like we mentioned earlier at the top of the podcast, it looked like he was trying to win this game, but. You know, we're going to see a lot of games this season, especially when the Thunder are down by a a significant portion, like maybe in the, you know, to start the second half or uh, into the third quarter, where he is going to try and throw some guys in there and and try and like pressing him. They don't keep talking about set baselines for some of these guys. And I get that, but it is a little concerning, especially like tonight, if they would have stuck with some of those lineups when you have Shea and Giddy playing so well. So I'm I'm with you. It's very tough to, to kind of balance all of that. One person that requires no roster exploration, Shea Gilgis Alexander. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I will be putting some of those clips and gifs and photos into my veins over the next few days. Love seeing fiery Shea. A super fun night tonight from Staples Center as OKC beats the Lakers 107 to 104. Coming up next, 
Sunday. From the Sunday, Paycom Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Sunday from the Paycom Center at 6 p.m. against the Spurs. We will have our regular weekly live show following that at 9 p.m. Central. So be sure to come hang out. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. We'll have a blast. That'll get posted wherever you get your podcast. So be sure to subscribe for that. And if you want to get your hands on a shiny little rainbow uncontested sticker, which I highly <laughs> recommend, awesome. go drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, send us a screenshot, and we will mail one to you for free. Jacob sent out a batch of stickers last night that covered not only like seven different states, but three different countries. France, out, Tasmania. Yes. Shout out Australia. I, shout I out love France. Australians. They're such nice people. They are such nice people. Yeah. So hey, thank you for giving us uh, Josh Giddy. Appreciate that. Much appreciated. <laughs> you the best. You the best. <laughs> Make sure to follow us wherever you consume all of your social medias. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Tinder, OnlyFans. <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> you decide. Gross. Hey, our guy Jacob will be uh, covering the OKC Blue game Sunday. Yes. And tomorrow, Friday. So, and, Oh, and you yes. want You want Trey Man quotes? I got Trey Man quotes. Get me some <laughs> Trey Man quotes, brother. Be sure to follow <laughs> Jacob Niffin with a K for that. For all your OKC Blue coverage. Until next time, thunder up.